Welcome to Military Network Radio, where we'll bring dynamic interviews and fresh information about topics affecting your quality of life at each stage of your military service. Join us each week for information of value that improves your outlook, actions, and encourages each member of the family. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Everyone serves, and together we make a difference. And now, here's your host, Linda Crater. Welcome to Military Network Radio. I'm Linda Crater, and I'm here with my co-host today, Justin Constantine. And we are delighted to bring you one of our continuing series about PTSD during PTSD Awareness Month. And this is kind of a, a relaxing one. So we want you to take a deep breath, and Pam will probably walk us through this. But PTSD is often an enemy of sleep. And we have with us today Pamela Eggleston, also one of our co-hosts, but she's a guest today, going to be talking to us about the benefits of yoga and how to get better sleep, how it helps veterans, families, caregivers, um, guards against sleep deprivation, and why it's so important to get sleep. Very, very important to us. A second half of our show, we'll be discussing the importance of friendship and peers to those who are living with those with PTSD. And so we're delighted to start today with Pamela Eggleston and her program, Yoga to Sleep. Welcome, Pam. Well, thank you so much, Linda. I'm so excited to be interviewed. It's nice to be on the other side. <laughs> well, we may not think so after we get done with you, right, Justin? That's right. <laughs> you never know. We didn't make any promises prior to beginning today. Uh, so at any rate, Pam, why don't you give a little background on both yourself and the genesis of Yoga to Sleep? Well, um, the genesis is such that I have been uh, practicing yoga for uh, close to 14 years. And I came to it due to uh, uh, something I felt where I wanted to get some relaxation and have some kind of um, balance in my life. Um, and so I had been practicing on and off for, for about 14 years. And when my husband was wounded in Iraq, I kind of got away from that. You know, I didn't practice regularly. I got away from the things that satiated me, that made me um, relax and have balance. Uh, yoga was one of them. Gardening was the other. And subsequently, uh, through uh, dealing with his PTSD, and traumatic brain injury, he was sleep deprived and I had secondary PTSD. And so I was sleep deprived and I looked to Ambien to help me get through some of those tough times while I was being a caregiver. And I knew that there was something better for me uh, and more holistic for me to get sleep and to be able to function in a way that could be help my my situation, help my husband, and help me get better uh, with regards to getting more sound quality sleep. And so I trained a few years ago with some great folks and got my 200-hour certification and developed Yoga to Sleep, which is pretty much what the name says, yoga for sleep and relaxation and respite. You know, you talk about it also blithely that, okay, we had PTSD in the household and then you searched for balance. But I think you'd agree, it takes a while to work through what is wrong, what is taking away my sleep, what can I do to help it? And in your case, you found it 
with yoga, which is really, truly a blessing. So what do you tell others who maybe don't even recognize that they are sleep deprived or that it's having an impact upon them? Well, what I try to impart is my story. And then I tell them, you know, you really should look at the quality of activity that you're doing in your life. And could you step that up a bit? So when people say, well, I just feel tired, or I just feel lethargic, or I really feel like I could give this more energy, but I'm struggling with how to do that, then I kind of lean towards the, how are you sleeping? Are you getting quality sleep? Like, is it really sound REM4 type sleep? And could you do something differently uh, to perhaps get more sound sleep, you know, go to bed early, perhaps not drink caffeine at five o'clock in the afternoon. And then I kind of roll into, well, this is how yoga can help. This is how meditation can help you achieve uh, better sleep. And that's kind of how I address it. So would you say that you're teaching an equal amount of meditation and yoga or that you tailor that to the group or the individual that you are teaching? Which do you think is actually more therapeutic with gaining the calmness for a good night's sleep? Well, there's so many diverse things that go on with yoga. So when people in America hear yoga, they think about asana or postures, right? And so that they're looking at these really difficult postures. Wait a minute, Pam, go back again. What did you just say? Well, what I said was people. when people hear about yoga in this country, in this nation, they're thinking right? about uh, what's called asana or postures or the asana. poses that okay. you come into. And mm-hmm. so... You know, that's what you think about, but there's so many other layers to yoga that, that really help with the relaxation uh, response. There's the breath. There is relaxation. There's uh, what we call yoga nidra or yogic sleep. There is meditation, there, and there's so many different meditation techniques that don't require uh, these intense mental effort or concentration that really have been shown to increase uh, the parasympathetic uh, dominance, was parasympathetic nervous system which is what's uh, kind of distorted with folks uh, with uh, PTSD, which we'll talk about a little later. But, yeah, that's, that's kind of what yoga is. It's all of that. It's all of that. Well, the only reason I bring it up is I think with all those words you just said, um, the reaction is often <laughs> sometimes, this is complicated. Sure, sure. And it's not. And, there you, you know, go. Before we, before we start talking about the techniques, you started off by talking about sleep and identifying whether or not someone is getting good sleep and good enough. Let's explore that for a second. And why don't you explain to the viewers and to me how much sleep is, is, is enough sleep and how does someone know if they have good sleep or not? That's a good question, uh, Justin. And, and what what I would say to that is sleep is, is extremely important, especially for veterans and those caring for them. So in this country, nearly one-third of Americans are sleep-deprived, according to uh, the CDC and the National Sleep Foundation. Um, there's so many other studies that have linked uh, the lack of sleep to depression, a weaker immune system, uh, memory and cognition issues, obesity, high blood pressure, uh, fatigue, and, and the like. So if you're dealing with any of these, 
and you, you can't figure out, well, my diet's pretty good, but why do I have high blood pressure? Why do I have uh, chronic fatigue? Why am I dealing with obesity issues? Sleep is li- linked to that. If mm-hmm. you look at the obesity epidemic, and you know this, Linda, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you did a study on how many folks are obese in this nation and how many of those folks had sleep deprivation, you'd right. be amazed. You'd be amazed. And so what happens is th- stress itself throws all of this off. And we know that stress affects sleep. And so subsequently, sleep affects all of these other things. It's like a, a cyclical effect of, of what, what, what's happening in the body when you don't get enough sleep. Well, so you're bringing up also hormones because absolutely. certain hormones are needed and gained during sleep and certain ones are turned off. Right. And same thing with PTSD, having a neuroendocrine function. Um, right. It ties together. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Yes. Well, the, the, all of that neuroendocrine function, uh, when we talk about the um, autonomic nervous system, uh, it's really it's key here when we're talking about sleep. So when we talk about um, the nervous system, which is sympathetic nervous system, is the fight or flight, right? So veterans mm-hmm. are used to having that up. Lots of veterans and, and service members are used to activating that. And then we're talking about the parasympathetic nervous system, which is really the rest and digest response. So you can look at the sympathetic as the accelerator and the parasympathetic as the brake. And not surprisingly, the natural um, sleep patterns are are associated with a parasympathetic activity. So meditation, yoga, any type of um, uh, breathing techniques really affect the parasympathetic activity, which was what we want to bring into balance, right, with mm-hmm. the sympathetic. And when, we, when I'm dealing with veterans a lot, that's what I'm focused on. How can I activate, how can I increase this parasympathetic activity in someone who's dealing with PTSD and subsequently uh, most likely dealing with sleep deprivation and insomnia? Mm-hmm. So, Pam, I, I certainly understand the correlation with sleep deprivation and PTSD. My experiences since my deployment kind of bear that out. Probably similar to your husband's where uh, nightmares or um, being hypervigilant, hard to fall asleep. And, of course, once you wake up, it's pretty tough to get back to sleep after that. So how many hours should I be aiming for? I mean, is it true that eight hours is optimal? And 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 I don't want to um, – well, I just want to find out how can I tell. Is there something I can tell, do to tell if I'm getting good sleep? Yes. Well, the, the optimal hours is all these studies say it's seven to eight hours. Okay. Uh, personally, I get six and a half, but you have to understand that I'm practicing yoga every day. I do meditation every day. And when I get sleep, I can really get sound sleep. So, you yeah. know, you really want to take that seven to eight hours uh, construct um, as a guide. You know, you don't want to say, oh, I have to get eight hours because eight hours may be a little bit too much for some people. But if you get maybe six and a half, seven, you may be doing pretty well. Um, What you can do and what yoga helps us to do is to feel what's going on in our body so that we can better determine what that is for us. So, for instance, I know exactly when I'm fatigued, exactly when I'm dealing with some of these uh, symptoms that I mentioned earlier, a weaker immune system. I, I can hit it at the beginning because I am in touch with what's going on in my body. And so often, veterans, and particularly if you've been wounded or you have PTSD, don't, they're not in touch with their bodies because think of it this way. PTSD is like uh, trapped energy. Right. So the PTSD, the stress response is completely out of balance. So you don't know a lot of times what that feels like in your body. You don't know 
what sleep is and what, what, what sleep isn't for you. So a lot of, you know, a lot of these veterans, my husband included, will fall asleep in the middle of the day. They, it's really hard to figure out where that balance is. Yoga has the added benefit of bringing you back to that balance, bringing you back inside your body, which a lot of veterans and service members try to avoid to be able to discern what's going on exactly in my body. How can I feel where sleep is? I know when I'm missing um, an hour's of sleep. I know because I really feel it and, I, and it, and it informs my day. You know, sure. I can tell with memory and cognition, I'm not up to my game. You know, I'm, I, I feel like there's something missing. And I saw that, that that next night, I'm really sure that I get into bed in, in a timely fashion and get enough sleep. Pam, really- thank you so much. Can you hang on to that thought? We're going on break now. You're listening to Military Network Radio. We'll be right back. Thank you. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Do you want to get a contact high? Tune in for fun, inspiration, and motivation every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Learn how to maximize your mojo and just say no to the status quo. Get inspired and motivated by a fun-loving coach who knows what it's like to get through this thing called life. With your High on Life coach, Audra Irwin, each Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time and 12 noon Eastern. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Tirasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, Business and background, you can go to mymomknowsbest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's paying it forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on doginet.com. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're here continuing our discussion, Justin Constantine and me, with Pamela Eggleston of Yoga to Sleep. Justin, you had a question. I sure did. Thanks, Linda. Uh, Pam, you know, as a veteran, I have tried yoga. Boy, is it hard, though, uh, but in a good way. But I'm, <laughs> and I'm really glad to see that um, in this country, we've really adopted a, a more holistic philosophy towards recovery, where we're really accepting things that have been around for thousands of years, like yoga and meditation and even acupuncture. Uh, so what I want to ask you is, what do you tell veterans who are like me who have never done yoga before, maybe a little bit nervous about it? How do you convince them it's a good idea, and what kind of feedback do you get from them? 
Well, first of all, I'd like to say that it's not hard. It doesn't have to be hard. And I, I want to uh, impress upon uh, veterans like yourself, Justin, and others who may be listening to this program that it doesn't have to be hard. You don't have to come into the hardest pose or posture. You don't have to be flexible. You know, I get so many veterans into my Yoga for Vets classes and, and even in private sessions where they'll say, I'm not flexible. My hips are tight. You don't have to be flexible. That's part of the point of coming yeah. to yoga, right? You know, yeah. it's just that you want to build up to the flexibility. And so what happens is I, I tell people I've been practicing for 14 years and I cannot come into every pose or posture that's out there. And perhaps I may never do that. What's key and what's critical and what I teach and what I impart to veterans is the breath. So often uh, veterans are shallow breathers. They breathe up into their throats and, tr- and they don't know how to really focus on the entire torso, breathing in through the belly, up through the side body and up through the chest. They are shallow breathers. And so I focus a lot on the breath. I focus a lot on can you just come drop uh, inside and just sit for at least 10 seconds. And so when we do meditation, which is also a technique uh, within the yoga paradigm, a lot of veterans can't close their eyes. So in my normal classes, I'll say softly close your eyes. But with veterans, I tell them, you can close your eyes or you can just softly gaze downward. Uh, it's, it's really how you – you have to meet people where they are. And, and, mm-hmm. and, that's, and that's where I am with, with what I do with yoga to sleep. My um, – my, th- my thought is I really want to meet people where they are. And Yoga to Sleep's uh, service, uh, services and programs, one of which uh, is what we call Compassionate Community and Service Initiative, includes uh, pieces of specialized yoga therapy for veterans training. It includes elements of, of our Ease into Calm series and a wide-ranging experience in working with specialized populations like veterans, caregivers, to increase relaxation and decrease anxiety and so it's 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 it's, that's kind of where i where we are with that and that's and that's where i am with that 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 makes a lot of sense it's interesting what you said about just getting the deep breathing down because when i was going through ptsd counseling one of the techniques we worked on was identifying what my triggers were and then being able to just you know metaphorically close my eyes but just do some deep breathing to get me back to quote unquote normal that's it yeah, that's exactly what you're doing for your folks. That's it. What do you What do you do for veterans who maybe aren't comfortable yet in a class setting? Um, I actually have privates. I do them privately, and and there are a lot of people, even civilians, who aren't comfortable with being in a, a comfortable a class setting. Uh, I have folks with, and when I say specialized populations, there are um, some obese people who want to come in that they want to do yoga because they know it's good for them, but they feel uncomfortable. They feel like yoga is not for them. And, and one of my, one of my taglines, it's, it's not really mine. I mean, it's just out there, but it, yoga is for everybody. And every is one word and body is for, is another word, right? Sure. Sure. Um, I want people to feel like you can be a size two, you can be a size 22 and still come in there. You can be, you can have a minimal amount of stress. You can have a PTSD and, and you can still get the benefits of, of, of any type of yoga practice. And I feel like if, if there's a good teacher, if there's somebody that's a good yoga therapist working with veterans and service members, then they can meet these folks where they are. They can absolutely do that. People with PTSD have their floodgates wide open and there's a lot of inner work to do and so when when you said justin that that their therapist said metaphorically close your eyes right you know metaphorically close your eyes and and just for a minute 
just for introspection, go in and, and, and do deep breathing. That helps tremendously. It's not something that's a quick fix. So anything holistic, alternative, whatever you, you choose to uh, uh, call it, is going to have this type of effect. You're going to have to take a little bit more time. It's going to take a little bit longer than perhaps popping um, some Ambien. It, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a minute, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's it. And it's a know? much better alternative. Right. Yeah, Pam, I... It wouldn't be right for me not to mention the fact that you and I have done workshops for caregivers. And what we found to be some of the most effective things to do at a point of discussion where the discussion had gotten very, very intense was to insert a minute or two minutes of yoga, one stretch, one deep breathing exercise. And I'd like you to explain how it went in terms of giving them a break, letting them understand that you do have two minutes to give to yourself, even though they don't feel that they often do. It was it was phenomenal. I, I really enjoyed that part of the workshop because you mm-hmm. could see the light go off right. in the caregiver's eyes. They were like, oh, I can do this. And, and, and what we explained before we started was even if you have to lock yourself in the bathroom away from your three kids, shut the door and just take some deep breathing and then b- inhale, bring your arms up and overhead, exhale, bring your arms down and then unlock the door and walk out the bathroom and tend to your kids, you still did yoga that day. I think a lot of times people think they have to hit their mat and do yoga for 90 minutes, and if they can't do it for that, then they, they just don't do it at all. They can't fit it in, and they feel like, I, I'm not going to be able to continue a yoga practice. And that's just so far from the truth. It's really not, it's really not the case. And, and I would say the same thing with any veteran or service members, that you should really just try to integrate one or two postures but really even if you just focus on the breath even if you just sit quietly at your in the car for two minutes before you even come into the house this is really where the practice begins and it's really where healing begins it doesn't take an hour we saw that very very clearly and as justin said teaching him breathing to tamp down triggers the breathing is just as important and even for those who just sit at desks all day long now, right. uh, get up and move and you feel a lot better. So, Pam, um, how do you feel you best get your message across other than this wonderful radio program? Well, I actually teach yoga for vets classes in the community and, and, and I feel I get my message there uh, out and I have a lot of uh, military and veterans who come to my classes who spread the word. Um, I work privately with, with veterans and service members and, and caregivers. So I get the word out that way. Mm-hmm. And I also speak at um, conferences and yoga festivals. I also speak about PTSD, yoga, and, and how that relates to resilience with, with this mm-hmm. population, right? Um, yoga to Sleep has served over 150 veterans and service members. We've served over 50 military and veteran caregivers. We've partnered with key military and veteran nonprofits, wellness organizations, and all of that. So I feel like that is our biggest message. Like my my focus is to make sure that each veteran, service member, active duty person, uh, caregiver that comes through Yoga to Sleep has our full undivided attention and can feel good about some of the practices that, that we show them. Pam, that that sounds really encouraging. It sounds like you're providing a fantastic service, and I'm sure the veterans and caregivers who've gone through your program have truly benefited. What I like the most is that uh, you're teaching them something they can go home and take home with them and then practice 
at home by themselves if necessary. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. What we need to realize with the population that, that we're serving here is that uh, the issues are in the tissues. That's that's not. I wish I could say I've created that term, but it's not. The issues are in the tissues. So when you have trauma, when you have PTSD, that manifests in the tissues. And so if it's manifesting, if it's that deep, if it goes into the tissues, and you have the sort of gut wrenching emotions, autoimmune disorders, and that kind of thing, because these are in the in the tissues, then it takes a little while to work through yoga, to work through meditation, breathing, to get those issues kind of worked out. Um, any unaddressed trauma, whether it be PTSD or anything else, creates shallow breathing. So that's why you have a lot of vets coming back from the current conflicts that 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 don't breathe properly. And, and quite frankly, a lot of Americans don't breathe properly. You know, it's it's really a, you want to do a deep diaphragmatic breathing, and a lot of people don't don't know really what that means. And so yoga to sleep, we do try to teach tools that folks can take home that I can say, this will take you five minutes. You have five minutes for yourself. Often we we have caregivers who don't even take care of themselves. And that's, and Linda knows this. I mean, I'm really a proponent of taking care of yourself. When you're on that airplane, put that mask on yourself first before you help somebody else, before you help that child, before you help that person sitting next to you. If you are a hundred percent, you can give a hundred percent. And, and that's that's kind of the mantra that Yoga to Sleep uh, follows. What is some of the feedback you receive from the folks you work with? I'm sorry, Justin? What's some of the feedback you've received from some of the people you've worked with? Oh, it's been miraculous. I, I'm, I'm really blessed. I, I feel like people say, I feel better. I'm sleeping better. You know, I, I'm relaxing more. When I was in traffic and I was in... I wanted to flip this guy the bird, but instead I took a deep breath you know? <laughs> and, I, and I released out and I felt better and my hips are more open and my, my muscles are more pliable. One thing that I am really a proponent of is, is, is working, just knowing where people are and meeting them there. I, I'm, I read a book called The Body Keeps the Score by a doctor, um, Bessel van der Kolk, and he actually worked in the VA uh, and did this great book uh, talking about healing of trauma, he mentions in there repeatedly, I couldn't even count how many times he mentioned yoga, meditation, breathing. And he had been working at the VA in the 70s doing lots of studies there. And so what his book, The Body Keeps the Score, that's that's what, what all of this is. The issues are in the tissues. And once we realize that, and once we get in touch with that, a lot of times veterans want to run away from feeling that. We've already felt it, right? We don't want to come back to feeling that. But to feel it and to process it and to then get on the other side. Just ride the waves. Ride the waves. You know, Pam, how do people get in touch with you to learn more about you and your program or to learn more about yoga in general? Well, they can contact me at www.yoga2sleep. And that's yoga, the number two, sleep.com. And just reach me, reach out there. Just just contact me, fill out the contact page, let me know what's going on. And, and I will actually talk to anybody on the phone or, or via Skype, you know, if they need any help that way. I'm, I'm, I'm really lucky to be able to provide the service and to do this work with veterans. I feel very privileged and blessed. Justin, do you have more? Well, I would just like to say that PTSD is a, a very big concern in our com- veteran community, but across the country as a whole. So, Pam, thank you so much for what the services you're providing for our community. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Our pleasure. You've been listening to Military Network Radio. Thank you very much. We'll be back after the break.
Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. To start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She's a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc., and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do. In love, life, and business, she is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. I am Linda Crater with my co-host Justin Constantine and Pamela Eggleston from our Yoga to Sleep section is staying with us for this next half hour. We have a very special guest with us now. We have Renee Calderon Ayers, a caregiver of a Marine, and Renee, we welcome you to Military Network Radio this morning. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Why don't we start with your story and uh, how you came to be a caregiver, and then we'll also move into what you're using for respite, and, and as Pam would tell you, to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I guess every one of us has a story, so... When you say my story, uh, it would begin April 14th of 2000, I'm sorry, April 13th of 2004. Uh, my husband, Chris, was in the first battle of Fallujah and was hit by a rocket-propelled grenade and returned to the States um, while his troops were still fighting. And it kind of began a journey that I never thought I would have to deal with. But um, he was learning to walk. I was pregnant with our second child, so they... Uh, she was born, um, just a lot of stuff going on in that time. Um, as he was released, I had to take care of his wounds and um, try to get him physically back together. And then I guess about four years later, um, we started seeing some changes in him uh, mentally. Uh, he became more aggressive, 
started drinking, um, became semi-abusive verbally, and in the end um, actually tried to take my life. And so that began our uh, next journey. I think we're all pondering those last words that you are very calm as you talk all about that. Um, in terms of being his caregiver as you went on, I'm sure that this was a journey that, as you said, you didn't ever think you'd be on. But as you went through each phase, what kept you strong? Uh, first and foremost, I believe that my faith kept me together. Mm-hmm. I had a great um, family backing my parents. Um, I had three children that I had to take care of. Um, it definitely wasn't perfect. I had my own moment. Um, I mm-hmm. felt, you know, like I was failing and not capable of doing everything that I had in front of me. But um, I just kind of put it to the side and pressed forward to try to get him better and to keep our family together was the most important thing. Right. I think um, that when Renee, I can't remember exactly when we met, we were kind of going through different phases uh, of of our caregiving journey. Um, And you were at a different place than I was. And that's often the case when caregivers kind of go to this trajectory of phases in, in, in the journey. And I could really sympathize with that. I think when we were talking about how we don't tell other people, uh, particularly civilians, about what really going on because they'll say, well, you just need to leave or you should just leave your husband or why are you dealing with that? They don't understand the totality of the of the situation that we're dealing with. And so it was a blessing to have met Renee, and I think we really connected on that level of – you know, just 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 an understanding. Just listen to what I'm saying, and just an empathetic ear uh, to to some of the trials and tribulations that we are as caregivers of of service members and veterans are dealing with. Um, so I'm glad I met Renee, and I'm and I'm glad that um, um, things are going great for you. I always think that the that if you ride the wave, and if it's there for you to do that, then you can come out on this side of the sunshine. I, I believe that. Um, so, uh, I'd like to ask, what are you doing to kind of get back to your center? What, what are you doing to take care of yourself and subsequently take care of Chris and your children? Well, one of the things that Chris and I decided a few years ago was that we were going to have complete transparency of what we had dealt with. And, um, that's why I'm so open when I talk about how he tried to kill me and that kind of started, um, the whole progression of how are we going to deal with this and get better. Um, mm-hmm. Chris voluntarily went in for a program, inpatient program, and um, even though he had gone to this program, it still took a lot of effort for sure. he and I to learn to communicate and stuff. So I always had put myself second. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I ended up um, having my own PTSD problems from some childhood right. issues right. and then from when he had tried to take my life, so I ended up, we made a decision as a family that I would get my own help. Right. Um, and that was just what really started everything. Um, today, I'm working part-time. I am going to school part-time. I um, go to the gym. I, you know, take time for uh, really mostly just trying to reintegrate myself into the community that we have around us now. Um, yes. I volunteer a lot with my daughter's school. Um, you know, just 
trying to stay on the positive side of things and how can I use um, the tools that I learn just to be a better me in life and love life. Renee, it sounds like you have a, a great recovery going on and that you're um, engaging on a number of fronts in, in society. But so what are some of the techniques you use specifically to work through the PTSD? And it sounds like you have PTSD perhaps stemming from a couple of different places. But what are some of the techniques that work for you? Yes. Um, actually, I, I've had to do what most people don't want to do, and that's reach out for help. Um, you know, I've, <laughs> I went to a, a really good therapist, um, and she gave me some tools. Um, like, I really started to understand my own body, like where the stress was coming from. And I have to say, maybe some people can understand this or not, but I was sitting in the car the other day, and right in the center of my chest, I just felt like it was finally for the first time open and I could mm-hmm. breathe. And, and there was just such a peace about me. And it was like, wow, so this is what happiness feels like and, and stability and love, you know, and that's just loving myself finally. No matter, you know, I'm, I'm a little overweight. Um, I like to eat, you know, and I'm happy. And, but I just had to decide that I was going to love myself for who Absolutely. I was. At that point. So, you know, and I do, um, I have at night sometimes I listen to like some Tibetan music and, you know, just try to, if mostly just taking time to understand my body and what I felt. Um, the same with Chris, I had to learn his cues. Um, you know, when I could tell he was getting agitated, um, I would learn, you know, okay, this isn't the time to really approach him for things or, um, you know, just, we both had to learn each other's cues and, and where communication is a must. You have to be able to tell someone, Hey, I'm just not feeling it right now. Um, you know, maybe tomorrow we can try it or I need to just have a moment to myself doing whatever. So, um, we become a great team for that. You're, you're right though. It does, it does take a conscious effort to address those issues and you have to address them head on. You have to decide, you know what? My time is valuable and I'm not, I'm not just going to work, work, work. I have to dedicate time to my recovery. And then you make a list of what that looks like for you. And then you share it with the people around you. Exactly. Yeah. You, you, you definitely can't do it alone. I mean, that's one thing that I learned is, um, sadly, We've lost two really good friends who um, who chose, you know, to take a different route. And it makes me sad to know that maybe, you know, they couldn't find those places. And I'm not here to judge anyone. I'm just saying, you know, there are things out there, people out there, places out there that really want to help. And so if you're feeling low, as I found myself one day, um, reach out to people because there are so many people out there who just want to see you get better and I, I wouldn't stand here and say that my PTSD or Chris's PTSD is gone. I don't believe that it ever goes away. But I do believe that you can manage it and that you can live a positive, productive life, you know, if you use your tools, if you learn, and if you just try to get all the information that you can. I think I've read every book out there that I could. I've connected with Pam. I've I found other women that were um, that have become my lifelong friends, we go on vacations together, we talk every day, you know, those are the things that have helped me get through. And I think that anybody that's facing these types of things, if you just reach out, don't feel alone because you're not there, you know, if you need to call me, call me. 
you know, that's just, you're not alone. Renee, it's so interesting because what you're talking about is making healthy choices. So maybe it took a particularly dramatic point for you to turn around and you and Chris to take those choices, but you're making small, very significant choices every day, excuse me, to choose happiness and moving forward and strength and courage. You know, I give you an enormous amount of credit. Thank you. Um, I'd like to double down on that, too, Renee, because, you know, it's not easy. PTSD isn't easy for the veteran, for the caregiver, for the civilian who has it. And uh, it's not easy for their families or whoever their loved one is around them. Um, But it does take some concentrated effort. And you've identified some great techniques that anyone who's listening to this can implement into their lifestyle. And really, it's just about priorities and recognizing there's no quick fix. But the things that you're doing, integrating back into society and being productive, are going a long way. Well, thank you. Don't you also find that, Renee, perhaps when you, I mean, I listen to your litany of what you do in your life. And by helping others, you are not only making an enormously significant difference in their lives, but do you find that that also helps you to be more balanced, to be able to share your experience and the wisdom of what you went through? Yes. Um, One thing that I always try to tell people, especially in the caregiver community, is every single person has their own journey. And each Mm -hmm. of us are on, like Pam said, we're on a different level of that journey. Some, you know, my husband was wounded 11 years ago, and there may be, it took him four years really to start showing the signs and symptoms of his PTSD. So there may be some family right now that is just progressing into that. And Mm -hmm. so... You know, us as caregivers, what I want is for us, the older people, I guess you would say, that have been through it, is to be able to show them, hey, um, I want more positive stories out there, like Pam and her husband and Chris and I. There there are yes. stories that prove that if you just, you know, just, I don't even want to say try because I think that downplays it. Right. But every single moment. You just have to take a deep breath and kind of deal with it. But it takes both of you, if you're in a marriage or a relationship, working together, communicating, just trying to get any kind of information out there. And that's, I feel so blessed that I married a man who made the decision that no matter what society said, that he was going to go and face his demons and, you know, get through them so that he could be a part of our family again. And it, Amen to I, both of you. Thank you so very much. We're going on break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Military Network Radio. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, 
interest and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. Everybody, everybody. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're here with Renee Ayers, a caregiver of a wounded warrior on a wonderful road to recovery. And Renee is living the life of some of what other caregivers are, which is what we call a sandwich caregiver. Um, you have a special needs child who I believe is how old? Lorna is 16. 16. And you also care for your veteran husband. Can you talk a little bit about how that adds a, a nice layer of complexity to your caregiving life and how you have managed to have this very positive outlook, making all these positive choices? It's, it's a wonderful message to share if you could. Sure. Um, so my oldest daughter, I have three daughters actually in this house, so it does get a little crazy. But my oldest daughter, <laughs> Poor uh, Chris. she does, yes, it is. There's lots of estrogen for him here. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lauren actually is, um, she has Down syndrome. And let me just say she is something else. Um, kind of one thing that uh, really was sad for her is that she actually witnessed the day that Chris tried to kill me, she was there and she saw it. So she, mm. um, as a family, when you have someone who has special needs, whether it's Down syndrome or autism or, you know, the challenges that a lot of families out there have on top of what they're going through, mm-hmm. um, you have to try to help them work through it. And, you know, Lauren processes things differently. And so we, we really had to just be um, show her that we were still very much in love and that we were still, you know, that mommy had forgiven daddy. And I, I want to just say that there's so many people out there going through so many different aspects of this. And one thing that I had to do was make a decision whether or not I was going to stay or go. And if I stayed, which I did, I had to forgive Chris. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, when I said that I was going to forgive him and that we were going to work forward, um, I knew that I couldn't keep bringing it up. So I had to help all my children process this because when, before he went to war, he was very much involved with my children 
and for the first few years when he got home, um, he couldn't stand them being around more than five or ten minutes. It was just mm-hmm. it was just too much for them to handle. Now Chris again is the man that I married and can you know all the kids are attracted to him again, and he's just a fun funny guy again. But it is another complex situation that you have to add on top of everything. And really, I just had to ask people for help. You know, my my mom and and, and my dad were there, and they would take her, um, you know, and do fun things with her. I had to see if I could get someone that, you know, specialized in um, therapy for her. And, you know, we just, as a family, uh, Chris and I make it a, a big deal every day to, to let our children see us holding hands and let them see that we're united, that we're a team, that we love each other. And even if, you know, there's a time that we might have some discontent or, you know, something that we're discussing and they might construe it as we're mad at each other, we always tell them, you know, mommy and daddy are just communicating. So even when you have a family, they feel it and they need to be a part of what is going on, whether you can break it down to whatever age level they're at. I really feel like it's very important for them to know, hey, we're all going to be okay. We're doing our best, you know, and you're a part of this, and we're going to make it. And and that's how we've gotten to it. I'm sorry. Your communication style is so open and so, as you put it, transparent. Do you feel that that is truly one of the biggest keys to keeping it together and making sure that you are all working cohesively together as a team. I, I am yes, one hundred percent. Communication, uh, communication. I think in, in a whole as human beings is difficult. But throwing in something that you know people want to know. Oh my God, you went to war. You know what was it like? And and sometimes mm. they just don't know what to say. That's what was so great about Pam that day. Is like you know when you sit down with someone who yes becomes your friend that has been there and you're like you can just spill it you know and it's like mm-hmm. okay they don't they won't judge me right uh, you know and that's that's what i think for pam and i when we talk about friendships you can find that somewhat in in the civilian community eventually but when you're first starting that journey you really need to find someone that's positive that has been there that can just sit there and listen and give you good positive feedback Mm-hmm. Don't surround yourself with negative people because you can find that every single day. <laughs> all, day every, all, all day, all day, every day. Yep. And, and what was so wonderful about meeting Renee when we kind of shared our stuff, I felt like here's a person and we live in, in completely different, you know, states and that kind of thing. But if I called Renee or if I, you know, texted her and said, I'm having this, this is what's going on, I wouldn't have to worry about the judgment at all, mm-hmm. even in this part of our journey, right? Like that mm-hmm. is really she gets it and and that's why caregivers kind of stick together because we know that that's the case um but the negative stuff you're right i'm all about positivity and moving in a, in, a, in into the light and out of the shadow i, I agree with renee on that mm-hmm. renee it yeah, sounds like um you've really oh i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off please go ahead oh it's okay i i would just before this ended or anything i just wanted to share one thing that i have in my house and it's a quote that i that i shared probably over the last 10 years, and it's by Marion Bradley. It says, the road that is built in hope is more pleasant to the traveler than the road built in despair, even though they both lead to the same destination. Nice. So, you know, it's like you can choose to be a victim and unhappy, or you can choose to be 
happy and hopeful that things can and will get better. Um, that's how I've kind of been able to live and make it through this. And yeah, you know, you're exactly I'm not, right. It's not perfect. When you envision, when you envision something, you know, you can make it happen, and you've made that choice. Um, which kind of brings me to this point that. You know, Chris was injured uh, two years before I was, so I know that back then no one was talking about PTSD and this kind of holistic recovery. Clearly, you spent a lot of time thinking about it and implementing different techniques, and you're a leader in in this field. How have you seen uh, the national discussion about PTSD progress over the last 10 years, and, and what do you think, what else do you think needs to be done? Well, that's funny that you should mention that because literally, Chris, when he was wounded, there was nothing in place. I mean, we, yeah. those of us that had husbands or wives that were wounded early, um, there was nothing there. There was a couple of nonprofits, but no one was talking about traumatic brain injury. There was no talk about post-traumatic stress. And I actually had a guy say that he didn't think Chris had PTSD. Um yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, you know, it's like, okay, well, what is it then? But, um, yeah, the <laughs> right. progression has been, you know, it's it's okay now for you to talk about it, and you know, I still think that there's a stigma associated with it. Um, you know, if there was anybody out there listening that's in the civilian world, you know, one thing that I would say is just because someone is diagnosed with PTSD doesn't mean that they're dangerous or that they're going to hurt someone. You know, that's such a, a false um, misconception a about it. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, right. But find help. That's In the past 10 years, that's what I would say. You know, there's programs out there that are free. You know, you just have to give up maybe a month or two of your time, which I know is hard for some people, but just think about your whole lifetime. You know, Chris went away for 111 days. It was like a, de- a deployment to me, but he came back a healthier person with tools. And, you know, you just reach out, look on the Internet. There are yeah. several programs out there. You know, nowadays it's okay to tell people. Um, there are people willing to listen and, and want you there. And there's so much more available now. Um, it's almost like if somebody is wounded today, they're just standing at the door to help you. And, and that's incredible. You know, use that stuff. I was just going to say, the good thing is that's not just if if you're in an urban area. Those opportunities exist in the rural areas, too, whether it's outdoor recreation activities or even telehealth now or different volunteer groups that will support us. Have you seen that as well? Yes, I have, yes. You know, there's um, some incredible nonprofits out there that have just spent the last 10 years really um, trying to focus on what the needs are of people that have PTSD and trying to get them back in society. And, you know, don't feel like you don't deserve it, maybe because you don't have a physical wound. I, I hear that a lot. Like, well, my buddy was, you know, hit, was shot or whatever, and I wasn't. Right. Uh, you know, it's there for all of those who are suffering. And, you know, reach out and get help. That's all I can. Don't yeah. sit there and not get help and think that you're alone because you're not. Yeah, it breaks my heart when I hear folks, uh, and I'm using air quotes here, who only have post-traumatic stress or traumatic brain injury, uh, 
that and they don't have the visible wounds of war, so that people don't know that they were injured, and they don't consider themselves injured necessarily. So they don't take advantage of these of these uh, benefits and these opportunities because. Frankly, if I had a, just a physical injury, which I know the hospital is going to fix, that oftentimes is a lot um, easier to swallow and a lot um, – it's not as life-impacting as something like PTSD or, or traumatic brain injury, which is going to be with you forever. Yes, I, absolutely. I, I always say Chris's physical injuries healed really quickly. Yeah. But what stayed the longest was – now that you know we didn't know in the beginning it was traumatic brain injury from the explosion and post-traumatic stress so those things have taken much longer to heal than the physical part so like i said just because you may not have been shot or you know have a physical injury that someone can see and chris's injuries you can't even really see if he has pants on that's right you can see it in shorts but there's no one that's one thing that i don't like is to hear someone say that someone's more wounded than the other because we're all in this together. I'm going to insert here. I mean, we we coined a phrase called competitive caregiving, and we absolutely don't condone it in any way, shape, or form. Renee, we have about a minute left. I would love to have you leave our listeners with your very potent, positive message of what they could do to seek further assistance, help, or just pure friendship. Yeah, the, I mean, I would just say there's always hope. And, and I tell myself that every single day. I get up and I'm like, there's always hope. And there's people out there who are willing to help you, whether it be a nonprofit. Um, one of the saving graces of my husband was the Pathway Home. Um, whether it be just a friend who knows what you're going through. Um, just try really hard to reach out to someone and and start that positive friendship. Surround yourself with positive people, and your life will be so much better because I can tell you that it has been so much better in my life. Anyone like to add anything? I agree. Positivity. Do things that you like to do. Do do those things. Perfect. Thank you all today. We appreciate your joining us. You can download our podcast if you happen to miss our program. Send it to someone else at militarynetworkradio.com or 24-7 in iTunes podcast. Thank you so much for being with us today, Renee and Pam. And Justin and I, thank you very much for participating in our broadcast this morning. Have a good week. iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance you.